Today on CityCast Pittsburgh, it's the Friday News Roundup. I'm with CityCast producers Meg Dalton, Megan Harris, and we're talking about all the stories we couldn't get enough of this week. It's Friday, September 2nd. I'm Morgan Moody, and this is CityCast Pittsburgh. Labor Day weekend and Pittsburgh has been celebrating this holiday for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1888. This is our this is our day. This is our holiday. Yeah, I mean, we helped found the American organizing movement um, because you know all of our industrialists were so terrible to people. It's a great great lineage we have here in Pittsburgh. And we're still doing it. We got the coffee unions forming. Um, WESA and WIEP are trying to whoop, unionize. Whoop. You know. So we, the one thing we will not do here in Pittsburgh is work for unfair wages <laughs> and <laughs> and unsavory working conditions. We won't. Nothing have it. says a Labor Day celebration quite like a petition to your employer. I'm so, I, you know, I think that really speaks to the spirit of this city. We're such a, a blue collar, you know, take no BS city. Yeah. Anyways. President Joe Biden is is making his trip here for our our Labor Day parade that we have every year on Monday. Um, is that a thing, Megan? Like, do, do do presidents visit Pittsburgh every year because we have such a, a rich history in labor and labor unions? And depends on the president. Certainly, politicians have come here over the years for different like labor aspects, like big rallies, labor union movements. Um, and certainly we have one of the biggest and most notable parades in the country. So I think that's part of it, too, yeah. is you just have a politicians love a big stage. Right. President Joe is a little bit of a special case because he claims Pennsylvania as a home state. He also claims Delaware when it's more convenient. But he announced his campaign at the Teamsters Hall um, in Lawrenceville back in 2019 um so you know he's got a long history with the city um and our labor union leaders here so makes sense makes sense you know plus the the midterms are coming up you want to check in with your swing states you want to appease us we're voting absolutely and be on stage with democrats that maybe need a little extra push like john fetterman like john fetterman who is asking president biden before he comes here to to deschedule cannabis um, to make it legal for recreational use. Uh, Fetterman is the Pennsylvania Democratic Senate nominee, and he's running against Dr. Oz uh, in this election that's coming up. I can't even believe it in two months. Does that scare you? That Does is kind of wild me to say that. Yeah, <laughs> it's so soon. I know. It feels like I, the primary I was yesterday. November. Yeah. Yeah. But then I looked at it and it's two months. Anyways, um. It's two months away. He's taking Fetterman's taking pretty big swings. You know, uh, we're we're in the lo- the last stretch of things. So he's always been for legalizing weed, Fetterman, but Doctor Oz, not so much. No, he's been talking about this, gosh, since, I mean, when he was the mayor of Braddock, but certainly when he became lieutenant governor, it was like the issue. He went to every single county in the Commonwealth um, with uh, Governor Wolf's blessing, of course, and sometimes the governor would come along. But he held these town halls. I even moderated one um, when they came to Allegheny County, um, where they talked to doctors and interested parties and law enforcement just to try to get, they said, a sense of how people feel about it. And then they issued 
issued this big report at the end of it, just like basically being like, see, we told you most people are okay with this. They want decriminalization and many people want full legalization. So it's definitely been something that's on his mind um, and close to his heart publicly and privately for years. (laughs) And his wife's super vocal about it, too. Yeah. So how far apart are these two on the legalization issue? Oh my god! Like they couldn't be any further <laughs> apart. Um, I think Dr. Oz has really drawn a line, you know, in the sand as far as uh, where he stands for the legalization of this cannabis laws in Pennsylvania are pretty severe. Um, despite most people, most voters here supporting legalization um, and regulated cells. Right now, it's a Schedule One substance, and other harder drugs like heroin are also Schedule One. So you know, if you have a little bit on you you could really get caught up in something. Yeah. I mean, we have decriminalization in other cities around the Commonwealth. Like, you know, Pittsburgh has it for a set amount. Philadelphia does too. But it's really up to law enforcement to follow that. Um, You know, if they want to charge you, they still technically can um, because federal laws trump local ones. So, you know, until we make decisions at the state level and then ultimately at the federal level, it's going to stay the way it is. How much would someone have to have on them to get charged currently if you have 30 grams or less uh which is like just over an ounce you could face up to 30 days in prison or a fine of 500 dollars that's a lot of time and that's a lot of money for you know a substance that we know um has recreational benefits uh, well speaking of law enforcement uh meg i believe you have a fun local update I do. Um, So this week, I've been following developments with Allegheny County's Police Review Board. So more than a year ago, a measure to create this board was passed, and now it's finally one step closer to starting its work. Um, So at a meeting on Tuesday, the county council appointed the first four members of this nine-person board, Um, the appointees who were all approved without debate, which is, you know, pretty impressive, are Lynn Benazic, Richard Garland, Keith Murphy, and Justin Levitt-Pearl. How did they settle on these four appointees? Yeah, that's a great question. So the appointees were actually selected from 15 candidates introduced to council in the spring. Then each of the candidates was interviewed by a committee on appointment review, which is a special committee. Um, And then another special committee created just for review board appointees. So a lot of special committees were involved. A lot of special committees. But both of those committees approved all all four finalists unanimously. So what is this board going to actually do? And why was it created again? I remember the headlines, but it's murky. Yeah, so the council has actually been considering making a review board since 2018. So it's been a few years. Oh, that's Um, when Antoine Rose Jr. was shot. Yes, 17-year-old Antoine Rose was shot and killed by a police officer in uh, East Pittsburgh. Which is outside the city, not not part of the same place, but still very important. That's a good clarification for me as not a a resident of the city. So I appreciate that. Yeah, technically a different borough, but you wouldn't necessarily think that given the name. Yeah. And uh, so this board, which is going to be called the Allegheny County Independent Police Review Board, which is a little bit of a mouthful, (laughs) uh, will be tasked with investigating allegations of police misconduct within 
the Allegheny County Police Department. The board won't be able to discipline officers that it reviews. Rather, it will launch like formal investigations, hold hearings, and like put together recommendations, including making criminal referrals to the DA or like other agencies. It sounds really familiar to the Pittsburgh Citizen Police Review Board. They just kind of investigate incidents, but they don't actually have like disciplinary power. Yes, exactly. When will the board start working? It depends. Uh, You know, while four people were approved this this week, there are still five vacancies on the board. Um, County Executive Rich Fitzgerald is expected to appoint four of the remaining vacancies, with the fifth slot expected to be selected by that special counsel and by Fitzgerald together. Well, while we wait for that, um, here is something coming up that can wet your whistle in the meantime. It's happening much sooner than <laughs> Yeah, way, way before board. political appointees. Uh, so uh, Ribfest is back this weekend. I'm very excited about it. Yeah. Um, y'all know I'm from Memphis, the home of the World Championship Barbecue Competition. Uh, but here in Pittsburgh, Ribfest is like a pretty close second um, and also like much cheaper and easier to get some of the grub. They, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad that it's like a smorgasbord of of uh, different, you know, areas of barbecue that I could. Yeah. Try. Yeah. No, Ribfest is obviously much smaller than some of those like huge barbecue competitions in the country. Uh, but it's really, really cool. Like you if you drive by today, you can see like the smoke up there. It's billowing. They've had their smokers going all night um, and there's some really tasty grub to be had. How long does this last? Uh, it's five days. Started yesterday. Uh, so it runs through Labor Day on Monday, I think at 9 p.m. But I mean, obviously, don't wait that long. Don't get the scraps. Get the good stuff. <laughs> and and again, I'm not from Pittsburgh. So I'm curious, is this like a big Pittsburgh tradition? Uh, Morgan, you might remember better than I do. I think it started in the early 90s uh, at what was then Three Rivers Stadium. But now it fills like the whole street with rib vendors and festival foods. Um, they've got live music, uh, drinks. I think they said they're going to have rides. I didn't see any when I drove by, but they're probably down there. Um, and games. Uh, so it starts with a free concert tonight. That's the Clarks. Um, oh, man. I love the Clarks. Pittsburgh zone. <laughs> I love the Clarks. Uh, tomorrow night on Saturday, they're going to have the Shins at Stage AE. That is a paid ticket, but you can go in and check them out if you want to. Um, and there's a DJ battle on Sunday. Um, and Billy Price. I wasn't just familiar with that one on Monday. Um, are there any as a as a as a Memphis native? Are you going to this? Are you going to judge? I know you're going to judge because it's Virgo season. Um, but is there anything that you're really looking forward to? You and to? I are great at judging people uh, and products and services. <laughs> um, no, uh, definitely going. Um, actually, my folks are in town, so we're going to go check that out uh, later today. Nice. I went last year and I didn't really get anything. I was one of these people that went like really late. Um but I got to go back this year and try everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is a new farmer's market down there. I think they're doing a cornhole tournament at some point. Um, and then they've also opened up during like the business hours, uh, the Steelers memorabilia, the Hall of Fame lockers and all that. That's kind of in the bottom floor of Akrasher. So you can check that out if you're down there. This is the second year in a row, and I'm going to need to know why. Why do they do this? They do this every year now with the Rib Festival and the Soul Food Festival. It's at the same time. <laughs> that really is like a tough, <laughs> isn't it? 
<laughs> Where am I supposed to go? I know. Uh, Soul Food Fest, <laughs> if you're feeling that instead or in addition to. Um, it's for free in Market Square through Sunday. They've got a ton of live music, too. Um, there's some favorites from African Cuisine, Leon's Caribbean Restaurant, Vicky's Soul Grill, um, and tons of others. So check them out, too, if you're in the downtown area. Yeah. I'm so hungry right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. Our team this week includes Megan Harris, Meg Dalton, Mallory Falk, Francesca DeBecco. I'm here, Morgan, and music is by Benji. We're laborers, so we're taking the day off on Monday. Um, So we'll see you on Tuesday with more news from around the city. And it's about to be like Mercury retrograde. Oh, no. mm -hmm, I got to get myself together.